In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Here, here, a new king in the building. It is Chris Cato. <laughs> Sorry, I was just inspired by the, the ceremony. The coronation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I knew you were up early for it. Yeah. This is the No Off Days podcast, otherwise known as the Nod Pod. So, Chris, uh, we got BK in the booth. I am Scott Smith. Uh, we got a fun show planned for you. I'm excited. Chris is, uh, it looks like he's in the doldrums. He's wearing black. He's yeah. A little under- Are you sad right Listen, now? Listen, before we get to all this fun, I want to bring the mood down a oh, little bit. This I, is what the viewers want. <laughs> they come to us for depression. I yeah. am going to, no, this is going to help. This is going to heal okay. and educate. But I am in mourning today, Scott, which is why I'm wearing black, because we lost a real treasure last week in the world of music. And I don't know whether I'm more sad over his passing or the fact that most people don't know what we lost. And so I just want to take a moment of your podcast to pay tribute to the great Canadian singer-songwriter, Gordon Lightfoot. Okay, did you forget his name for a second? No, dramatic okay. pause. Okay. Gordon Lightfoot. Have you heard of Gordon Lightfoot? Yes, I've oh. heard of Gordon Lightfoot. Okay. Not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of his work. Um, He's not on your playlist, no. but let me tell you, he is an indelible part of my childhood because my dad was a huge fan, still is, and so I inherited an appreciation for Gordon's music. And, okay. you know, one of my earliest memories is my dad putting on Gordon Lightfoot records on a Sunday morning and burning incense, and later I learned out what that meant, <laughs> and doing push-ups <laughs> to the music of Gordon Lightfoot. And he's had so many great songs uh, and a lot of hits you know carefree highway sundown if you could read my mind rainy day people but most people do know him for his the wreck, the wreck of, of the, the edmund, edmund fitzgerald yeah. yes which is you know probably the only top 40 hit to ever include the words gitchy gumi uh which was the what native american name for lake superior oh okay you know Fantastic. it's a six and a half minute dirge about this very real shipwreck that happened on lake superior 29 men died aboard this uh, iron ore freighter named the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, and this is the song, whereas about an eight-year-old, I learned the names of the Great Lakes through this ballad. Wow. And, and so if you'll, you'll permit me here, I'm going to, to tell you uh, about the Are Great you Lakes. Sing it? And, and you're going to learn. No, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been banned for, I've been banned from singing. Oh. But I just want to point out how I learned the name of the Great Lakes from, I think, what is the seventh verse of the Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Fantastic. Lake Huron rolls, superior scenes in the rooms of her ice water mansion. Old Michigan steams like a young man's dreams. The islands and bays are for sportsmen. And farther below, Lake Ontario takes in what Lake Erie can send her. And the iron boats go, as the mariners all know, with the gales of November remembered. Good. That's how I learned the Great Lakes. writing right there. He's a great writer. Did he write the music too? He did write the music, and he was coming to, I've always wanted to see him perform, and he was coming to Clearwater in June. At 84 years old, he was still touring. He was going to come to the Capitol Theater in Clearwater in June, but now we can... Now we can make other plans, I guess. Oh, man. I feel like we should bring BK in because uh, we were actually talking about this the other day in the sports office. Uh, Brian is also a big Gordon Lightfoot fan. Uh, Brian and I have so much in common. So he was trying to he was trying to educate me, and I didn't know. I, I, I had heard the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. I didn't know any other Gordon Lightfoot songs. Um, it is, ex- I mean, it's real. It's like height folk music, right? It I mean, is, it, yeah. It is like 70s, quintessential yeah. folk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I started listening to some of the songs, and I said – same thing. My dad used to play. The, he did, yeah. I don't know if he uh, push, did push-ups. It burned incense. <laughs> well, he, but he I'm sure have. he did his spare share of other things that happened in the 70s. Um, yeah, so, but Brian, do you share similar sentiments to the great Gordon Lightfoot? I did. Tooks yeah. and I were sitting back in sports talking about him. Uh, it is that, that the, the music is just haunting to them in Fitzgerald. But my favorite 
Gordon Lightfoot song was Sundown. I yeah, just love a that good song. One. Yeah. How does it go? Uh, well, I don't, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Sundown, you better take care. If I find you've been creeping around on my back stairs. Well, uh, yeah, I can appreciate it, but yeah, not my not my cup of tea. But I, I do appreciate the fact that like that was uh, he, he wrote the music and it was thoughtful music. I feel like we don't get a lot of that nowadays. Agreed. Yeah. In fact, I mean, nowadays, like AI is like constructing ballads and music and art form. It's not coming from actual physical beings that you can touch exactly so you know it uh it harkens back to a, a better time and they're they're bringing back uh voices of lost artists maybe they could do this with gordon lightfoot uh and having them sing other people's songs is this right yeah covers that, in fact uh brian we're setting you up we're putting it on the tee what do we have on the big show today oh uh, well first we're gonna have brian anderson raise uh real brian anderson or ai <laughs> brian anderson? uh this will be the real brian anderson okay, i believe good. Good. Let, okay. uh, we'll have to double check um <laughs> it'll be in a zoom box so you can't you will know can't yeah hell, but to... try to give him some questions to see if we can that only brian could answer brian is the great rays color commentator for their tv yeah. broadcast Correct. valley sports he's Correct. had the front row view to uh what has been a magical first month plus of the season he is the lucky charm some would say that and Dwayne stats mustache <laughs> it's a good stash. It it's is. Great st any stash is a good stash, but yes, he wears it well. And then uh, you got a message. I did. It says move on. It's for Bob. <laughs> it's the boss. <laughs> All right, enough. Uh, You're killing me with the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. No here. more Gordon. Come Lightfoot. on. Yeah. No more singing. All right. Uh, and then in the second half, we are going to look into some AI songs, you know, because these things that first came out was Drake and The Weeknd put out one that kind of. One came out with it that kind of everybody was going crazy for. Now, that just about you can look up anything, and there's an AI song about it. And so okay. there's some mixed, interesting kind of mixes between bands, you know, some. Dead are, people and living yeah. people. Yeah. 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 Well. So we'll play some, give a sample of some, and see, you know, get your impressions. All right. Wow. Fun. I like it. Yeah, we, we're the ones who broke the news of AI on this I podcast. We it had like never been talked about three or four months loud. ago. Yeah. We did a show in AI. Yeah. Now it wasn't fine tuned yet. It didn't sound like our voices, <laughs> but the more but the more that we talk about it, the more power AI gets. So we, I don't know. I mean, we. I'm worried about World Dominion here, and so maybe we shouldn't discuss AI anymore. Uh, World Dominion would have been a name, a great name for a Kentucky Derby horse. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Missed an opportunity M Mage. there. Ma Mage. Should have put some Mage cheddar on it. Mage. And uh, and our guy Forte, he finished uh, like dead last, right? He scratched. He scratched. That's, oh. You know, Mage uh, almost beat Forte in the Florida Derby. And so I thought, hey, if Forte is a big favorite, why not put money on Mage? And, of course, I didn't. No. Yeah, Never do. Yeah. Never listen to my you, better yeah, angels. We don't. Would my better angels give me gambling advice, though? <laughs> I don't know. Moving on. All right, BK, we'll catch you a little later in the show. Uh, if you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner. There you will find all our shows. Dare I say it, it is like a, a trip down the carefree highway. Oh, yes. You've seen better days. The morning after blues. From, From my, my head, head down, down to, to my, my shoes. Feet. Carefree highway. Let me slip away. Let me slip away on you. I'm so glad you said that. Please subscribe, fox13news.com slash nodpod. So uh, we're going to get into our talkers now, and we want to hit uh, a few pretty rapid. Uh, we're not going to do pitch clock. Okay. But, but I think that we want to call this segment Love It or Hate It. 
Okay. Love it or hate Two it. Two things I'm okay? good at. Love so, it and hate it. Let, let me give you an example. Our first story is, uh, I don't know if you, these New York City radio guys, they do the drive in w, at WFAN in New mm-hmm. York. Of course, Yankee fans. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, they, one of them's a Mets fan, but go ahead. Whatever. Um, <laughs> all the same. Uh, so they have come out and uh, they've lobbed a heavy accusation against uh, your beloved Rays, saying that, that they, they have no proof, but they're saying that they, they've cheated. That the only reason this team could be, and as we tape this, they're 29 and 7, that they could be this good, taking out the best records in baseball that have stood for 100 years, is because they're, they're cheating. They've got to, right? Some way they are not doing it right. Um, and so they have lobbed this accusation. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, if you're going to make that accusation, first off, like have. Have just some bit of evidence other than just scoreboard. Have right? some trash can. Have something, something. right? Yeah. Uh, they play the Yankees. They take two or three. All three of these games, by the way, one-run games. Yeah. So, like, if, if they're cheating, then it's not like they're doing it decisively. They're cheating just enough. Just enough. Yeah. Right. They're cheating just enough for that ball. I think it was game game one. The ball that, or game two maybe, that bounced over the head of Jake Bowers in the outfield that yeah. scored the winning run. That was the turf. Right? That, that's the turf cheating. was cheating. Right, yeah. It was uh, Garrett Cole the third time through in game three. Uh, that was, you know, they, when they ra- ra- rallied and scored six runs yeah. on him. That was them cheating. I mean, this is just, this is like the height of like a pompous kind of, kind of an elite uh, Yankee fan. Uh, or, I, or Mets fan or whoever you want. I mean, they, they just can't give credit where it's due. And so uh, because of that, I, uh, I actually love this because I think it's just the type of thing that um, underscores just how petty they are. And it's going to be enough to fuel, I think, the race. I think, you know, not that they're looking at headlines and then playing better because of that. But it's one of those things when you have doubters, when you have naysayers that say, hey, there's no way. This team is not that good and they're overperforming. I love it because of that. Okay. Well, I hate it. I just hate uh, – I mean – You hate them. I just hate the fact that talk radio, <laughs> that the host can say these things with no evidence and then yeah. pump it out on social media and hope that it catches on, and it does. And and there's – of course, they're getting slammed on social media, too, for saying this with no evidence. But I just don't like it. Don't like that you can just spew nonsense without evidence and, you know, get people stirred up yeah. about it. You know, they're just – they're sore because they're – payroll is over three times that of the Rays and the Rays are beating them. Yeah, they spend $279 million on players and they lose Aaron Judge and they're 10 games and they're, you know, they're buried in the East. All right, uh, Nikola Jokic. uh, So he was fined $25,000 for elbowing a fan who turns out is the Suns owner. Okay, did you watch this video clip? I I was watching the game when it happened. Look, I hate it because I don't think that Nikola Jokic should be fined at all. Uh, I think that the owner, Matt Ishbia, should be fined. What he did was he grabbed the ball when it rolled into the seats, and he held on to it yes. like it was like it belonged like to him. Like a petulant I mean, child. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, that's if if it was anybody other than an owner, like, are they getting away with that? Are they? I mean, and by the way, it was it was a flop that was on par with anything that you would see. It was from a good flop. Sun's bench. It was a good right? flop. But but he's able to to dig twenty five thousand dollars out of. Uh, out of Jokic's wallet because of that. Oh, Sun scored a point too on technical free throws. Yeah, did they, you know he that? Was tacked up too. Scored yeah. point. So you hate it. Uh, I love it only because where else but the NBA could you see this? You're not going to have Jerry Jones uh, standing on the sideline of a Cowboys game and uh, taking a ball from Jalen Hurts when he runs out of bounds. Like, 
I, I love it just because this is the weirdness of the NBA, the court environment, the players, the fans are right on top of the players, and sometimes those fans are celebrities or owners in this case. I don't love that Jokic got fined. And even Ishbia said, no one should get fined over this. No one should be... Uh, I think he should be fined. Well, that, maybe that's he why he said fine. no one should be fine over this. Hang on to the basketball. Are you kidding me? I love the flop, though. I love that he got his team a free throw. And uh, so he, I will say, though, Jokic uh, giving him the little forearm there. Don't blame him at all because if you look at the video, Ishbia puts his hand on Jokic's lower back right, first. And right. if someone does that to me, I might give him a little shiver. Yep. But I, I love that this happened. Uh, I think it just adds to... Uh, what makes the NBA playoffs great, and what a series we're getting now between the Nuggets and Suns. All right, from one act of violence to the next, maybe you'll love this because of it. Ross Chastain, uh, former guest here on the Nod Pod, uh, slugs Noah Gragson following the race at Kansas this last weekend. Uh, these two are friends, uh, purportedly. They, yeah, they, they practice they together. Practice together. Yeah. Uh, but after the race, Noah took issue with Chastain racing him a little too hard into the wall, and... Um, which I don't think he should have had a problem. I mean, watching it, it didn't seem like Chastain did anything wrong. But but Gragson comes up, he's hot, and he, he cinches him up. He grabs him by the suit, and you could see Chastain saying, okay, let me go, let me go. He warned him two times, and then, he boy, he clocked him good, man. Righty, right a hook right across the, the face. And then, of course, uh, you know, a NASCAR official gets involved, and so Gragson's yeah. not able to respond. But I love that. You love it. I, I okay. love it because... I love what Chastain is doing. He's a polarizing figure in a sport that needs more of these guys. And a lot of people take issue with sometimes the, what he does on the track and, and his ambition and drive to win. And I love that. Like, even if he's not going to win the race, like, this dude's always fighting. Like, yeah. he's always, like, gunning for the top because he's scrapped and he's clawed his entire career to get into one of these cars. And uh, and he's he's gonna fight just like he's always fought. Like he's always trying to accomplish that next thing. And and uh, so I love it. And I think, look, more fisticuffs in NASCAR is probably okay. I don't think I don't think NASCAR should fine him or any type of penalty should come down. But um, I love it. Do you? Uh, he's the watermelon man too. You know, he has the water. He's a watermelon grower from Florida. So maybe he'll smash the next guy over the head with a watermelon. And take it to the next level. Uh, I hate it for all the things you just said. It's manufactured. These two guys are how friends. Is it how is it manufactured? I'm, I'm explaining it. Uh, these two guys are friends. They practice together. The, if you look at the move on the track, that the. Uh, uh, Noah Gragson was upset about. Uh, it wasn't anything that doesn't happen all the time. Oh, and it's convenient. The cameras are all there to catch this interaction. You said he slugged him good. He did not. They they had oh, yeah. each, they had no. They had he did he land the punch? Yeah, he landed yeah. it. But it came from right. It, for our audio audience, this isn't going to make sense. They were holding each other's arms, and he like it was a short jab to the face. Uh, it was nothing that uh, you know Noah couldn't take. I mean, it was. This was, this was so you think that they orchestrated this was this. manufactured and it was exactly oh, wow yeah and wow. Uh, Tony Stewart on this podcast a couple months ago said NASCAR needs this kind of thing we need rivalries we need bad boys and for the same for the so same Ch reasons Ross you're was listening yeah. and he said you know that's a great idea yeah so this is a big conspiracy because what do they have coming <laughs> up next Darlington well Darlington uh, things get really tight you've got a narrow lane there you know guys are going to be mixing it up. Big conspiracy, WWE SmackDown. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Oh, what's like, the what's the word? I hate it. That's I, it. I'd like to see some uh, evidence of that. No, I, it was uh, it was a nice clean punch to the face. It was a kitty slap. No, it was definitely no, not. I, you, he, 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 he got him. He got him good. 
Now, the only thing I don't like about it is that the NASCAR official got in between. I, I want to see them. Also part of the I'll, orchestration. I'll, yeah, right. Yeah. Gregson signing up for a right hook. It was an easy. I'll, that was I'll not take an it. easy. Give me, one. <laughs> Give me right now. <laughs> no, My goodness. Get out of here. Don't tempt me. I, I'm really I've got tempted. a very. I've been told I have a very punchable face, but he won't punch it. <laughs> He's afraid. No, nah, that was pretty clean. Uh, all right, San Francisco Giants. Um, so a bunch of them. Speaking uh, of pretty clean. Yeah, clean. Uh, they visit Mexico and they get Montezuma's revenge. So everybody's in a, in a bad way uh, in that clubhouse. And um, you know, look, it, it got messy. It got stanky. It got it got bad. And who jumped on? Who jumped on this? The the people over at Dude Wipes. And they sent they sent the San Francisco Giants 100 packs of dude wipes, uh, as well as four dude bombs, <laughs> which are toilet toilet stank eliminators, uh, 12 toilet sprays, so that they got this whole big swag bag uh, for their for their um, bowel issues. <laughs> and uh, and I love it. I love it because the, here's a company that jumped on. This, what were the what was the discussion like, guys? Did you see this? Did you yeah. see the San Francisco Giants? They all have diarrhea. Yeah. Okay. Let's send them the sweetest like like. Let's go. Pack, yeah. And let's promote our brand uh, in a public way. I think I love it. They jumped on the opportunity, and, and hopefully the dudes are feeling better and they're smelling fresher as well. I do need an explainer on what dude bombs are. What are? I think what it's are dude bombs? well something that you drop in the toilet to make it smell better. I think after you. Yeah. After, after you turn two in the clubhouse, um, <laughs> I, I tried to find a reason to hate this, but I love it. I love it too. It's it's great. It's great marketing. Um, they had done this previously with Kiki Hernandez of the Red Sox. Said Kike. that he he pooped himself during a game, and they had sent him uh, a pack of dude wipes. And so, but this so is what what is their like Twitter search right now? <laughs> like the guys at Dude Wipes. Like what are the keywords that they're searching for? Like to try to find these celebrities that are that have uh, intestinal issues maybe they have ai working on it i don't know but you know it is uh it stands to reason that this happened to the giants though because in that series with the padres in mexico one of the games was 13 12 so there were runs uh, all over the place yeah yeah they certainly the bed all right uh, our last story mark zuckerberg the owner of Facebook, uh, one of the richest men on the planet, uh, has now uh, taken up the sport. Actually, he did it during COVID lockdowns, uh, the sport of jujitsu. Yeah. And uh, he actually won a gold and silver medal. Uh, his net worth is $85 um, billion. And yet he uh, he's he's kind of taken upon a lowly posture and uh, has gotten involved in hand to hand man combat. Hand, hand to man hand combat. To man combat. <laughs> yes, no dude wipes necessary. Although maybe, um, yeah. Here, I, I, I don't like it. I hate it. And, yeah. and here's why: uh, because you have a guy that's trying to create a fake infrastructure for how we interact as human beings. Uh, that just he, being he, meta, the yes, whole metaverse. Yes. Everything is designed to have people go into their little silos and not deal with real life. And I think it did. It denies. Uh, how we were created to interact with one another right and yes some of that is it's not i'm i'm not a proponent of physical violence but there's obviously something very innate very physical about you know jujitsu with one another so it's like the hypocrisy of sitting here saying that we can live uh societally 
in our in our bedrooms, in our closets, and we can interact with one another in this metaverse. But yet he's out there saying, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe I need more physical action in my life. Maybe I need to feel like I'm living a little bit more. That's why I hate it. Okay. Well, why does the guy, can he not be balanced? Does he have to just live in the metaverse? But he's creating something. Well, I'm not saying he... I'm not saying that he doesn't live that way, but he's creating something that I think could potentially be bad for society. Well, some people think rum is bad for society, but Captain Morgan doesn't, he doesn't always drink rum. Sometimes he probably has a, a diet soda. I think you, I don't like your, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know if you're, I think you're being a little harsh, on, being harsh. on Zuckerberg. Yeah. I, I actually, I, if there's anybody I feel like I can be harsh with, I think it's Zuck. I actually love the story. I, as a fellow nerdy billionaire, I appreciate what he's what he's doing uh, in actually showing that he's a human and having some physical contact. And he's actually pretty good at jujitsu, it turns out. Like you said, he won these two medals. He's got other, you know, UFC fighters and, and I'm just saying, like, it's, I'm glad he's, love I'm and, glad he's doing it. That, that's fine. It's, that's good. I'm just saying, but, but everything in his life is tailored toward the non-physical. You're it's, saying it's, he should only be allowed to do it in the metaverse. No, I'm saying it's, hip, it's hip, hypocritical. I think you're that, being like, hypocritical. Yeah, well, I'm, t I'm taking a I'm taking a thirty thousand foot view on this. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a little high for you. But, all right. All right. I'm getting a little busy up here. What do you say we talk a little baseball? Ooh, I love it. You can we talk that? to Brian Anderson? Let's do. It. Let's see. let's dial him up. Well, Chris, you can catch our next guest on the call of every Rays game on Bally Sports. Rays TV color voice Brian Anderson is our guest here on the Nod Pod and BA. I'm coming right out of the gates, uh, hot and heavy with this one. Okay, I know you've heard <laughs> sports talk radio guys up in New York, the WFAN, uh, saying that that the the reason the Rays are sitting with this you know amazing record this far into the season is because. They're cheating. They're cheating. They have no. They have no evidence of it. But that's what they're claiming. Your response to that? <laughs> that's the first I've heard of it. I, you know, first it was the schedule. Well, we they don't play anybody. Uh, you know, there, there's always been an excuse why this team has been playing so well. You know what? If you tune in and watch the games, they just have been clicking in all facets of the game. They've been playing great baseball. I have not heard the cheating uh, angle uh, yet. It doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, this team not only playing well, uh, you know, at home, they're playing well on the road. So I'm not sure exactly how they would be pulling this off. I, I uh, know, know that they're not, but that, that that is really interesting that that's that's come out. I, the depths to which they will go to try to explain a hot start by a really good team. Well, I, I think they they want to demand all trash cans be removed out of the drop. Is that, that is that there? <laughs> well, that's the thing. They yeah. didn't offer any evidence of right. what kind of cheating state. And you know what? If my team's uh, payroll were over three times larger than the teams that just beat me, I would accuse them of cheating too. Yeah, that's that's probably a. I mean, here, so here they are. I mean, obviously. 29 wins as we tape this on a Tuesday, uh, but they are on pace for 130 wins. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, <laughs> but I'm going to get ahead of myself a lot of times throughout the course of this interview. Um, 116 is is the record. Even if they were to win, uh, I believe it's like 56, 57 percent of the games moving forward, uh, they'll have they'll have eclipsed 100 wins. What is the secret sauce from your vantage point? Well, like I said, you know. All facets of the game right now, they are performing very well. You know, we know, I think we go into every season with the understanding that the Rays certainly know how to pitch. They know how to uh, pitch at a very high level, whether it be the rotation, the bullpen. They build a lot of depth in the offseason to be able to withstand injuries, and we've already seen that in the starting rotation with Tyler Glass now 
uh, being down. He's uh, hopefully on his way back. Has already had one rehab assignment start, and hopefully the Rays are able to get him back sometime this month. You know, Jeffrey Springs, that's a big loss. Uh, and he had you know, is going to have to have Tommy John surgery, and he will miss the the season. So you you talk about two big misses there. Zach Eflin missed a couple of starts, and you know, but the Rays were just able to to fill those holes, to go to openers and bolt guys, and just be able to mix and match and continue to pitch at a high level. We also know that they catch the ball very well. A lot of athletes out in the field that are able to make plays and complement and support that pitching by making good defensive plays behind them. And, uh, you know, and kind of tidying up the run prevention side of things where everybody has been caught by surprise, including yours truly, is the depth of the offensive improvement. It, you know, last year, the Rays scored 200 runs fewer than they did the year before. And so as you go into the offseason, everybody's talking, they need to go get a big bat, preferably left handed, but they need to do something to address the offense. And while they may have kicked the tires on a few guys around the league, free agency-wise, uh, and also maybe via trade, they elected to look around and say, you know what? If we have better health, meaning Wander Franco for a full season, because he missed a, a ton of time last year. Manuel Margot was off to his best offensive season last year before he hurt his knee. And Brandon Lau missed a ton of time. So I think they were looking internally and saying, you know what? If we have those three guys and we can stay relatively healthy, and then we have some other players that are able to make that next step, take that next step, make the next jump and development, uh, then you know what? We think we're going to be good. And I think that everybody felt that the offense would be improved, but not not to this level. It's been incredible, uh, the buy-in, because I know that Chad Matola really, through the offseason and through spring training, what made it a point of emphasis with his hitters to be more selective at the plate. The easier said than done. You have to have a ton of buy, uh, buy-in. But, you know, the, the guys did. They, they went in. They were training their eyes. They were, you know, becoming more strike zone disciplined. And you've seen it. Now you've seen it in the numbers. There's enough of a sample size now where you see a guy like Wander Franco where his swing rate, his overall swing rate is down 10, 12 percentage points so he's not swinging at every strike he's swinging at select strikes pitches that he feels that he can drive and guess what his hard hit rate has gone up he's one example of many throughout that raised lineup who have bought into that and you know it's just been incredible what they've turned that into i mean leading major league baseball and home runs by a pretty wide margin and it really shows no signs of slowing down because everybody in that lineup you know, they, they contribute. It's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you, no matter who you run out there, those nine guys contribute, and then you're going to have a really strong bench. It's, it's remarkable what they've done. And I think that that may not be the secret sauce, but that certainly is the surprising sauce, the offense and how robust it is. We like the surprising sauce. Brian, let me ask you about one of the big, maybe the biggest storyline in Major League Baseball this year is the pitch clock, what it has done to games. But I want to hear your perspective. We've, we've talked to death about how it shortened games and how, you know, really a lot of people are enjoying this. But I want to hear your perspective as the color commentary guy. And by the way, I love you and Dwayne. You guys do such an excellent job. Uh, two of the best in the business. But I want to hear from your perspective how it's changed your job because the color commentary guy, often that's where you're filling in those moments between pitches and swings. That's your time to shine. But now you're getting less microphone time because of this pitch clock. How have you had to adjust your delivery? You didn't have to take a pay cut, did you? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank goodness that that was not the case. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for the kind words. But, you know, that was the, the last thing that I came to realize about the pitch clock. We had heard about the pitch clock in the offseason, that they were going to implement it. Here we go. Okay, fine. Well, what did it do in the minor leagues? Well, it shaved off about 25 minutes. Okay, well, probably won't shave off that much, um, but it, it will probably shorten the game time. That'll be interesting. I can't wait to see what it's like. The first weekend of games in spring training, I was flipping around the TV at just watching an inning or two here or there of different games to see it put into practice. And I noticed, boy, hitters are not stepping out of the batter's box. They really don't have time. They've got to be, you know, eyes have to be on the pitcher ready to hit at the eight-second mark. And with nobody on base and a 15-second pitch clock, that doesn't give you a whole lot of time to roam around and readjust your batting gloves. So that's the one thing I noticed. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So now I can't wait to, to see it you know, in person and be able to, to do a game and, and call a game like that and see it for the full nine. So I go up to the booth. We're going to do uh, a spring training game, and it was my first spring training game. And here we go. We're off and running, and the game starts. And it was about, I don't know, one pitch in where I realized, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is going to affect us up in the booth. We don't have time to get stuff in. And you know what? It was it was really eye-opening. The first inning or two were, um, you know, kind of, you're just kind of trying to feel your way through. Now, by the time you get to the third or fourth inning, you kind of understood the cadence of everything. And if you did want to make a point, you've got to make it quickly and move on. It's been, it has been different. I mean, I think at this point, you're just in a routine and that's how you do it. And it's, and it's fine. But you do realize that you have to be locked in on every given play or on every given pitch, because if there's a play that's made or something happens, that's interesting. You have to have your point set up and ready to go because that next pitch is coming. Yeah. And so uh, it definitely has what was a challenge early on, but I think that, that overall around the league, I, I can speak for myself. I think that, that I've adapted to it. And now it's just, it's just part of the, the new normal. We know Dwayne is not going to concede any, uh, any time. <laughs> Those sultry tones, they 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 they're gonna be in there. So you got to find your, uh, you got to pick your spots, and you do it well. Um, I want to go back to a point that you made earlier when you talked about in the off season. The big thing that, that Eric Neander had discussed was going out and getting a preferably a left-handed power bat. Uh, I I don't know at this point why a team has not backed up the Brinks truck for this guy. I mean, because even every move he does seems like there's a little bit of pixie dust over it. Even the threat of a move that he doesn't make ends up paying off, and you get the most out of a guy like Josh Lowe or Luke Rayleigh and everybody else that's stepped up in that order. I mean, what do you think the future has in store for Eric Neander? When you, when you look ahead to 2024, I mean, I know he loves it here, but my goodness, I mean, this the way what he's been able to do with such a limited budget is like – uh, any team would love to have that. Well, look at all the guys that have been poached already through the years. You know, Andrew Friedman to L.A., Hein Bloom up to Boston, uh, James Click over to Houston. I mean, they, they just keep coming in, grabbing them, and there's always someone up there to take, you know, to take the place of. But, but you're right. These guys are, you know, they're in high demand because of what you just described. And interesting how you hit on the, the left-handed power bat because before you mentioned him, I was chuckling to myself. I'm like, yeah, it turned out that he got two left-hand power bats, Josh Lowe <laughs> and Luke Rayleigh. And isn't, isn't it interesting that that those were the last two roster spots? Right. You, you remember it was Rayleigh, Lowe, Aranda, and Vidal Bruhan. Those were your final four for two spots. 
you get Lowe and Rayleigh, and my goodness gracious, these aren't bottom of the uh, roster players. These guys have contributed in, in such a, a, a huge way. But yes, at the end of the day, Eric Neander knows what he's looking for. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to make it work. He emboldens uh, his, his coaching staff and, you know, hands them the, the reins to be able to go out and, and, you know, teach these guys. He just empowers them empowers them to do their jobs down there on the field and you know obviously the staff down there is is, is as good as it gets around baseball these guys are tremendous tremendous teachers of the game and they communicate very well and they have such a rapport with those players they've built a lot of uh, trust so that when you build trust like that now you can communicate with them and you can make changes and that's what they've been able to do. And that's all been empowered by Eric Neander and the, you know, the front office. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was like the strategy, but it, I think it is a strategy now moving forward. Just after the end of the season, just talk about vocally publicly what it is that you need most <laughs> and what you're looking yeah. for. And maybe you'll find some guys to step then up. Then it happens. Uh, Brian, I, I want to talk to you about a strategy strategy. I don't know how far down the schedule you have looked, but I, I couldn't help but notice in June, uh, you guys have uh, the Rays are on the road and you're at Oakland for four games. Now, have you heard of this possum? Uh, there's a possum that lives in Oakland's. <laughs> this could impact you. This could. Yeah. This is for the visiting team's broadcast crew. Uh, there's a possum that lives in their suite where you would be broadcasting the games from. Do you and Dwayne have a strategy? Apparently, this animal's nasty. It's been leaving its its messes in there. It's quite <laughs> pungent odor. Do you and Dwayne? I know. It, I know it's down the road, but do you and Dwayne have a strategy yet? I think the Mets crew, the Mets broadcasters, just bailed and said, "We can't handle this. We're going to go broadcast from a closet." Do you guys have a strategy for the possum in Oakland yet? It's the Mets strategy. Yes. And I know exactly where that possum sleeps. I, I mean, it literally sleeps right behind where Dwayne and I sit. There's a little closet back there. You've I'm met this possum. You. You've, you've yeah, met the possum? Well, I have not yet met the possum, but I do know where the possum hangs out. And once I read that story about what the Mets did, I went to Dwayne and I said, I got it. I got it. The Mets, they were able to do the game and broadcast from some other part of the stadium. And I'm sure that that's what we'll be looking uh, into doing, because first of all, that the, the booth there in Oakland is, yeah, with a possum up in there, that's not going to work. I, I'll, I'll do it from anywhere else. <laughs> you know, maybe that maybe that trip, we go back to the way we did it in 2020 and 2021. And yeah. we broadcast the games from a closet back in St. Pete. <laughs> I think you should be everybody. But yeah, that's gross. Be everybody's hero and just take it out, man. Just, <laughs> just take it out. Sorry, sorry, Peter. Uh, okay. You know uh, what? But <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I would love to. I would, I would have no problem with that. Growing up in Northeast Ohio and partaking, you know, in, in activities like that along the road, I would love to. But you, you know, you can't do that. No. It's California, yeah. you can't do that. What you do you can't do? No. I'd, I'd be stuck out there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the extra extradition on possum murder? <laughs> Not sure. Um, real quick, you mentioned off the top Tyler Glass. Now they've done all this without a guy that has Cy Young stuff. Uh, you know, th there's this is the part of the the recipe here is that there's no pressure, there's no rush to bring this guy back. And I know that he's going to be back with the big league club in no time here by the end of the month. But when you look at a guy that has as much talent and the ceiling is so is sky high and how much better he could make this rotation once he, he joins the fold, but yet feels no pressure to have to come in and be the guy, be the hero, have to win the game single-handedly, how much better do you expect that to make Glass now once he actually hits the mound? 
Well, I, I mean, I think that, you know, looking at it from that broad view, it's it's going to allow him to just seamlessly slide in and get back to work. Now, Tyler Glass now is going to want to make a splash. He's going to want to come back into that rotation and be be the dominant pitcher that everybody knows that, that he can be and that he has been. So I don't think it'll... Uh, maybe personally it won't have a there won't be less pressure because he'll put that on himself to go out and perform but I think looking at the big picture right you don't have to come in and save the day and save the world I mean just come in fit in and go do your thing and you do your thing at the level that we know you're capable uh, you're going to be fine and and in hindsight you know as much as he wants to be out there pitching right now it's almost worked out for the Rays in the way that he was going to be limited this year in innings anyway. Yeah. You know, he missed all of last season. He didn't come back until the very end, you know, basically re- re- end, end of the season into the postseason. So he was going to be limited in innings anyway. So now that when he comes back, you probably don't have to have the leash around him as much as you would have had if he was healthy from, you know, opening day and taking the ball that day or, or whoever it may be. It probably was, still would have been Shane, but he would have been right up there. And so – uh, you know, so they, they can kind of just let him let him go pitch. They're not going to have to monitor him as if they would have if he was ready from the beginning of the season. So that's kind of a, a silver lining there to the oblique injury. But, uh, you know, he's itching to get back. And now that he's gotten out on the mound and gotten a rehab start under his belt, he's really going to be chomping at the bit. And the Rays can't wait to get him back for sure. Well, he is a former big leaguer and a great color commentator for Bally Sports and, and covering the Rays, and, and you've done it for, what, the 12, 13 years now full-time? I mean, you've done a great it's, job. You guys narrate well, our summer you. for sure. Yeah. And uh, and maybe even <laughs> a potential uh, secret possum hunter. That, that could we be can't, on the resume, too. Can't wait One to day. see how they confront the possum in Oakland. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> thank you Brian. so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right, guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Keep Absolutely. up the great work. Thanks, Brian. You know, Chris, I don't like to look ahead, but I'm going to look ahead. So in two months, we have the, the All-Star game. Yes. The, the Rays have never had more than three All-Stars up here. Uh, when I look at that roster, I mean, I know it's a popularity contest, but I see f- at least five. Who you got? You got Wander, you got Randy. Wander, Randy, Shane. Okay. Um, I think that Harold Ramirez has certainly made a case as a DH. Yandy. Possibly. And I got Yandi. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yandi. Yeah, yeah, he's been fantastic. Great at first base. And, uh, I mean, I think there's also some fringe guys. But, yeah. again, the All-Star game is, is a vote by popularity. So, Well, you know, people th- need to get on board. Well, I, I think that the overall team record is going to help that. Yeah, you know, people so are going to continue to gravitate and watch this team. And uh, as they get more nationalized on them, uh, th- uh, hopefully they, they get uh, what they deserve. Winning breeds popularity is what you're saying. There you go. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears, bring BK back in. Uh, I understand we have a, a new, uh, we have a Nod Pod uh, breaking news update. Hmm. Yes. Uh, NASCAR says they will not penalize nor fine either uh, Ross Chastain or Noah Gregson uh-huh. for their uh, pit road thing. Yeah, because but, it was orchestrated. Uh, did not see the word orchestrated, <laughs> but they said they talked to him, looked at it, and they said they'll continue to have con- Brian, conversations what with do you, both. What do you make of Cato's assertion here that this was a WWE? They had gone in beforehand. They had choreographed what the routine would be. That's not what I said. I didn't say they choreographed it. Well, they saw an opportunity. Yeah, they had an idea of what they were going to do. You said WWE. Yeah. Right. So that's that's choreographed. I think like Noah got to the point of like, he went. He wanted to say something to him after the race because he was upset, 
And fake or not fake? That's what I want to well, know. Oh, it's, it, it wasn't. I don't think it was orchestrated. Okay, that's the question. Uh, okay, well, right. but it was kind of you know. Now, if, if Larry Mack comes out with a folding chair, do you think these chair, two guys then, okay. were really trying to fight? Do you think they were really trying to fight? It's like a. Like it's anything like a thing where you like baseball fights. Most of the time, they're just locking up, warning somebody to break yeah. them up. It's not like a hockey fight where they're really out to get oh, I somebody. I think I think Noah wanted someone to break him up. Oh come on! And I All don't right. think I don't think Ross was looking for the fight, but I mean, right. but Ross slept him. He conveniently it, and it was, him it was, when it was definitely was looking for a fight. Convenient, and it was convenient that the officials were right there to grab everyone. And right, because they are coming so. over to his car. It's not like he. Yeah. Uh, well, I think one he, of the guys was a uh, one of the uh, track house guys, so that was kind of hmm. the one what? that kind of. What are you saying? Adds like fuel to my his, fire. It sounds he's like. Got his, Personal guy there. Yep. One a NASCAR official. None of those guys were, you know, there's, officials. There's a guy with a. There's a guy. Look at the video. There's a guy with a shirt on that says official. Right. There's right there. Grab it. And there's what a is, guy, the big make, guy that, that grabs Noah, any... and, and then that's where Noah couldn't. But uh, regardless, yeah, we're talking yeah. about it. It's yeah. got everything that. What because NASCAR here's wants. the problem: is that we can't trust anything nowadays <laughs> because of AI. <laughs> it's AI. Was that okay? even Ross Chastain? Yeah. Was it? Was it a fake punch? Did he make it? Was it Will Smith? And 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 Chris Rock. Oh, that was real. That really happened. Yeah, see, see, there we go. We don't know what to that's believe. True, all right, Scott. all right. Speaking of things that are utterly fake, uh, our last segment. Uh, yes. Uh, how about some AI songs? Yeah. You know, there's technology out now where they can just mimic, you know, dead, passed away artists to play cover songs essentially or, or make up new songs yeah i think now. it goes beyond mimicking they're taking their voice samples and having their voice spit out these different words and we want to know how how good it is yes right? does so it, i got a couple of them. water i'll play for and uh you tell me if it's pretty good the first one is kurt cobain singing black hole sun by okay. chris cornell yeah and Soundgarden. Sound yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. So Sean's gonna play some of it. Okay, I like it. I like it already. Two of my favorites. In my eyes, in this pose, in this guy's no one knows. Love's the face, love's the snake. Okay, so um, my first thought is it's it's not horrible. It does. I mean, it does sound like Kurt Cobain, not perfectly. But when he kind of has that strain, that's Cobain. Um, but like, dude, you're you're trying to sing a Chris Cornell song. Like, exactly. Chris Cornell's one of the best vocalists of that genre. Like, I think it's just I can't hear this song with without hearing else. Cornell. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. That's what I was gonna say. Is if you're gonna bring a voice back from the dead and have them, I love Kurt Cobain, huge Nirvana fan, but he's not known for his vocals. He's known for his vibe and his attitude, and his songs fit. Nirvana songs. They don't fit other songs. But yeah. Chris Cornell is a guy who I think could sing, uh, as he showed us with Prince song and Sinead O'Connor songs, he could sing anything. Bring that guy's voice back. Yeah, I agree. All right. How about one more? Yeah, let's Another do it Coke Cobain song singing Even Flow, Pearl Jam. Uh -oh. Oh. Be careful here because you're treading. Be we're both Pearl Jam fans. Sacrilege here. All right.
better. It's it's better. It doesn't sound like Kurt Cobain. It sounds like Kurt Cobain doing Eddie Vedder. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it sounded more like Eddie than Kurt. Yeah. Which is, I mean. Do you mean, think that they're combining them? Like when I, they're doing That's what it AI? sounds like, a mashup of those two, which is really, you know, odd if you think about it because, and. Looks insane. <laughs> you yeah. looked insane when you said that. Kurt Cobain didn't like Pearl Jam, so I feel like this is, you know, probably sacrilege for Nirvana fans. Yeah, I he, think that's the point of some of these songs that we're going to hear here. But that's, yeah, I, yeah. I think Scott hit the hit it on the head where he said, "This is these guys singing." It's almost like you went to Kurt Cobain, "Hey, sing like Eddie Vedder." Pearl. An, Even right song. now, when I'm hearing yeah. like it, that sounds like Eddie. Yeah, because Kurt didn't have that kind of range to to go up there where Eddie goes. Like he kind of stayed in his own kind of yeah. gravelly like. Yeah. Raspy kind of. I don't know. He had a few, I think, but no, that sounds like Eddie to me. I just don't think. I think La- Kurt- that was that's Eddie. Laugh, that's yeah, that that's was Eddie. Eddie. All right. Yeah, Kurt wouldn't okay, do that. How about Not this impressed. one? This will, you never thought these two would mix up. Uh, Freddie Mercury, holy cow, Queen? great singer, uh, singing Thriller, Michael okay. Jackson. Okay. Could be interesting. I like this. pretty good that sounded like yeah. Freddie. i yeah. disagree i no, think you don't sound, like you don't I, think it sounds I, like i could listen to this song 10 times and never guess it was freddie mercury oh and i right now i oh that's if you played a blind one like, who's a singer but he's saying he's saying diller night so it's not it's not even the right words miller <laughs> miller light <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you just play this for me. If I would identify that as Freddie Mercury's right. voice, that's my point. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't tell us who the next artist is that's singing. Yeah, don't tell us. But I thought that was pretty good, I, and I could envision okay. him actually singing that song and singing it well. But which but, is tough because obviously MJ's one of the greatest. Right, so. but there is absolutely no way Freddie would sing Thriller just like that. That's where I think AI is going to be lacking. Is that? They can't have the Freddie like touch stylistically. Yes, yeah. you know Freddie's not going. Every the pacing, the cadence, everything was uh, Michael Jackson. Okay, we'll play this next one. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, you tell okay. me who sings it. I see a little silhouette. My trigger now he's dead. Mama, life had just begun, but now I've gone and thrown it all away. Mama, hmm. uh, is that Freddie Mercury singing Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, that would not be a mashup. It, I'll just tell you. It's the Beatles. Wait, 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 wait. Beatles? The yeah. Beatles. Okay. It's, oh. it's the Paul McCartney. I hear it. Yeah. You can't it's tell Paul me, is it John? Right? Is it Paul singing? It sounds like that Paul. It sounded like Paul there. Yeah. It's funny, after you, until you said Beatles, though, I couldn't place it. I was like, at first it sounded like Kermit the Frog, then Patrick Mahomes, then I they, they kind of sound alike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. But after you said, yeah, and when we got to that part of the... Oh, that's Paul McCartney. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't you know. don't think so? You think that's John? I don't know. 
I first was thinking Paul McCartney, then I was playing for someone else in the, in the edit booth, and they were saying, what's John singing? And I'm going, I can't, you can't tell. Really? Well, I'm I not. Maybe tell. we should have John come back and, and sing some Paul. <laughs> yes. That would be nice. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That would be cool if you could switch out the lyrics to the songs that they sang. Yeah. How about one more? Yeah, let's hit one more. All right. City, city of Compton. Keep it rocking. Keep it rocking. Let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's untouchable like that meaningless. To try to get your ear drawn like a slug to your chest. Like a best for your in the city of We in that sunshine state on a bomb. The stick where you never find a bear so empty and pimps me On a mission for them greens Lean, lean, money-making machines serving things I've been in the game for ten years making rap tunes That business honey was very fast Soon I was very okay. proud okay. That, that is, uh, that's excellent. Actually. I like that. Yeah. That sounded really good. And I'm, I'm a Tupac guy, but yeah. uh, that was really good. Yeah. I mean, that's an unmistakable voice. I don't think Tupac would have a problem with Biggie doing that. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Maybe a little. I think Biggie would have a problem with him doing that. <laughs> Maybe uh, a little bit. I do like that. That after they're gone, you can sit there and have the rivals yeah. singing each other's songs. I have them it's duke it like out. It's kind of like a kumbaya moment post-mortem, <laughs> you know? I, that, that sounded was pretty that, good. That sounded good, though. I listened to another one of Biggie doing um, a Nas song, Nas. New York State of Mind, and it was really good. Okay. I think Biggie's got one of those voices you could put on any rap track, and it would sound great. Well, I think, I, I mean, again, I, I just... I think the singing part is difficult to hit right because there's a lot more nuance yeah. when somebody's singing a song. When they're rapping it, though, maybe that's easier to do from an AI standpoint. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that that I sounds that. exactly like Biggie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I like it. You too. We should have a duet, him and Tupac. Kind of. Yeah. Cool. Or we should have a crossover artist like Luke Combs singing even flow. Uh, let's have Gordon Lightfoot Gordon. do Biggie Smalls. I love it when you call me Big Papa. And then Biggie doing the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yes. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so cool. Uh, that is good. I like it. That was some AI fun right there. That was. And now they're gonna now they're gonna take over the world because we just take gave them more airtime. Oh, <laughs> All right. That was good. That All was right, a guys. fun experiment. Th- uh, thanks, thanks, fake AI Brian. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> He's gone. Go charge up. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, to watch full-length episodes of this here podcast, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod. QR code on the screen. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And get us every week in audio form. And remember, you can also catch us uh, on social medias as well. Big thanks on the program. Brian Anderson shining a light on these rays. Not cheating. Getting it done the the only way they know how, and that is just battling each and every night. Just by being and, better, and uh, and, yeah. and maybe BA has something to do with that. He's, he's got the little he's got a plan. Pixie dust yeah. that he's sprinkling. He's got a plan for the, the possum too. Yeah, knock that possum out. <laughs> uh, much thanks to Chris BK production crew, Chris Griffin on the jib. Until the next time we are on, <laughs> there are no off days. Oh, carefree highway. <laughs> Let me slip away. Oh, slip away on the